would like to be alive. So <laughs> I don't think I will. I test, think I'll pass. test. I've lost my headphones. Oh. Test, 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 test. Why are my headphones cutting in and out? Why? So you gotta get you some fancy ones. Test, like test, test, test. I'm back, bitch. You probably blew out the levels just then. Thanks for that. Ah, you're more than welcome. Welcome to the Nightmare Box, presenting Mistakes Were Made. That's what you just got to listen to. The mistakes. The reason why we are here today. Um, my name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the crimson candelabra, Kristen Pennington. Why am I a candelabra? Because you're three to five different kinds of hot. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have well, that pre- like? I was thinking about one while I was dicking around on my video game before we started recording, and I couldn't remember how many candles fit on a candelabra. And I assumed that they make a bunch of different ones. I think the Jews have like fourteen different kinds of hot I think for the their standard love of God. Do what? I said I think the standard. Is well, three. then you're a five-piece candelabra. <laughs> Crimson because you're a redhead. <laughs> you're ridiculous. I'm I also wearing a uh, the snuggle shirt. Shirt. Yeah, the snuggle shirt. Well, you know. I, I am like a goddamn creative genius. My, P- my PJs. Quit trying to harass me over my alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So how was your day? You had any? Long. <laughs> I, uh... I don't enjoy being back to work regularly. I really yeah. enjoyed my time off while you just worked. <laughs> can, can, we, can we go back to that? She's like, I really just enjoyed being a 1950s housewife. I, <laughs> can we go back to that? You're like, I cleaned a couple of things. I did the laundry. Yeah, I did the dishes. Man worked all day. Know? It wasn't too shabby. <laughs> I, I don't know what these ladies are out here bitching about. <laughs> I wasn't mad about it. <laughs> Damn it, I gotta go be a responsible adult again. <laughs> Not a fan. No, it's... It's all good. You're not locked down in the job as we've um, talked about countless times on here. If there's one thing we've learned recently, it's that change is doable and it can be fun. And some things don't change at all. Like Jack's deciding right now is a good time to eat his dinner. Or me uh, editing podcasts on my lunch break, which I did today. Fuck and yeah. I, I uh, made myself laugh with a really terrible cheesy cheesy joke if I could talk right <laughs> um if I can remember it hang on oh yeah so uh you know most people say the slogan work hard play hard yeah I was sitting there eating my lunch editing and I was like haha eat on the run get twice as many things done oh <laughs> coming up with slogans put that shit on a t-shirt we'll start a merch store <laughs> uh so that's that's how lame I am. That, that's fine. <laughs> I had an altercation with a gas station attendant <laughs> where he goes, you know how you can tell that it's a Tennessee ID? It's because of the coloring. And I was like, you know how much easier it is? You just read the word Tennessee. Or just, like, if you didn't get a great education growing up, start with the T and realize it's too long to be Texas. It's <laughs> uh, like that comedy special we were watching. Uh was it Burt Kreischer's or was like t- t- pterodactyl? It was like, <laughs> no, it's not pterodactyl. <laughs> How many sentences start with the word pterodactyl? 
for <laughs> Chrysler's The Machine on Netflix right now. You should definitely go watch it. It's mm-hmm. been out for uh, a good while, but it's we've, still fucking hilarious. We've seen it a bunch of times, but yeah. Yeah, no, we've, we've been watching a lot of comedy specials as of late because we don't have a couch or a love seat. <laughs> uh, we've got a uh, like a rocking chair and a, would you refer to this as a futon? Not a futon, a... Uh, Your chair? It's an office chair. No, this little oh, leg thing. Uh, I don't know, it's just part of the rocking chair. Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> it's a <Wait>. footrest. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> what do you do? You rest your feet on it. Stick to the fucking... <laughs> Try not to go too far. Look at the job it does. Call it that thing. It's a rest foot. Foot and I rest. I just have my vanity chair, which has no back support, yeah. so uh, two hours of watching something is not happening. Yeah. No, we, we sit here at the kitchen table, and uh, we watch it from there. So we've been watching comedy specials, so I can like get up and go smoke a cigarette, or we can not pay attention to it <laughs> for you know a minute, come back. That and, uh, uh, history thing we started watching was interesting. Yeah, yeah. we started watching Oliver Stone's uh, history docuseries. The name That's the dryer running right if now. you're hearing that clicking. Sorry. I wasn't. I'm hearing, <laughs> I'm hearing it. I keep hearing this clicking and like a humming sound. Yeah. So for the audience, if you're hearing that, that's our our dryer because we upgraded. Fuck yeah. Running. We don't need to go to the diner anymore. Um, but yeah, I've been watching that Oliver Stone docu series thing. I've seen that before, but I saw it when it first came out. So it's been a couple of years. Uh, what do you think of it so far? Is it? Granted, I only watched the very first episode. So because uh, you watched the second one while I was in the shower, but I was. I want a little sympathetic for Russia. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I felt really bad for that war. No, they were like, our why friends. Are, why aren't we friends with Russia? <laughs> That's my question constantly. Why can't we just be friends with Russia? Like, I, I don't no, want to like a... go fight wars for Russia. I just think you know we've been through a lot together over the past <laughs> couple of you know century and a half. Or <laughs> we watched you go through a lot from a distance. <laughs> They're like, oh, we were eating our children, and then they would show American kids playing football, and it was like, oh, we had no fucking idea what was going on during World War II. No, it was really interesting, but it made me feel yeah. bad. So if we have any Russian uh, listeners uh, to the podcast, I, we're not sorry directly, because uh, we, we're not in charge of you know any of the this. shit show. But, uh, I can sympathize. Like, that, that, that looked rough. I'm sorry that your grandparents ate each other. <laughs> Starting on a dark note. (laughs) But, you know, that's okay. Because there's a thing that you can do. It's called shifting your perspective. Oh my god. Segway from hell. Um, (laughs) What we wanted to talk about today, because we we need to get back into the normal swing of things, talking about our crafts, and um, not just talking about moving. Uh, this is not a moving show. If you got attracted to us while we were it's in the moving stage, show. yeah, we'll give you guys updates as we as we dig around. As we, we die on the first snow that's happening this weekend. Oh yeah, no, we're fucked. By the time you guys <laughs> listen to this, me and Kristen may have eaten each other. <laughs> well, we do not have the fortitude of the people of Stalingrad. <laughs> I know it. It was so much colder back then, and we're not getting bombed by the Germans. I'm just but... going to go ahead and throw this out here. i got a little more fat on me, so I'm probably tastier than you are. There you go. <laughs> yum, yum. The Crimson Candelabra. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we wanted to talk about the uh, concept of uh, shifting perspective in film and in literature uh, when it's the good thing to do, when it's the bad thing to do, how to appropriately pull it off. Um, 
and also like I guess in life, you know, we it always ends up on our little you know high horse going, hey guys, you can do it. But your parents <laughs> didn't believe in your dreams, and we do. So <laughs> it's what we're here to do for you uh, today. So. Uh, I've been rereading, I read it back in middle school, I think as we've established on here, Robert Cormier's After the First Death, it's this little dime store um, paperback. Uh, it was the, I don't remember what episode we were uh, talking about it on, but it was the one where we were talking about um, young adult novels and the children were kidnapped on the bus. Yeah, the, I was getting ready to give you a synopsis. Oh, so it, it's told from the perspective of three different characters all surrounding these kids. Um, they get kidnapped by these uh, this gang of terrorists um, that are looking to make demands. I can't remember what the demands are. I'm only 50 pages into the novel, so don't you know? Don't come at me, Robert Cormier's three people that still read his shit. <sighs> No, I like Robert Corbier. I'm reading his book again because it made such an impact on me when I was in middle school. (laughs) But what I'm slowly learning uh, as I progress throughout the novel is that he doesn't know what a revolver is. He does no. He's (laughs) it's a young adult novel. (laughs) He is a horny old man when it comes to writing. That's one of the things that I forgot that I'm remembering. Like he he focuses. Were young kids? uh, The kids' kids are, but all the main characters are adults. Um, okay. Yeah, so like one of them's like an 18-year-old blonde, and like he, he he's like she had massive tits, and her name was Clarence or whatever the fuck you know. <laughs> just leads yeah. with that, and then like there's way too much groin description for anybody over the age of 15, and I was like, oh, that it's why it's for horny middle school kids, and also <laughs> like the Chocolate Wars, another Robert Cormier book. Um, but yeah, these. Terrorists kidnap this bus filled with school children. A kid dies right away. It's bad, and the whole situation unfolds from there. But the impressive thing about him is he's got the bus driver's perspective, the terrorist's perspective, and then the general um, who is responding to the situation from a nearby military base, that general's son is like kind of the red line throughout all three perspectives. So Cormier has to come up with a way to tell the same story from all three perspectives and have it all unfold in time, which he does a relatively good job at. I'd say that my my concern, um, if I was going to make a critique of, I don't like changing perspectives. It's not my favorite trick in the book. Um, My main issue with it in this novel is he always does it and like you're almost about to see the bad guy and and then it's like it's just used i i feel as a a means to not drag out the story Mm -hmm. but like one like the characters are almost talking to you because it's all first person you're getting all their inner thoughts but they are editing out thoughts that would give away especially the main guy the general's son um giving away specific things that i feel could be given with the veil still unlifted for whatever happens at the end of the book to go down so in a weird I, i don't i don't I'm not a fan of it. I'm, I'm a fan of the book. Like, I like the writing. The descriptions are on point. I read you the, the paragraph about the gunshot wound mm-hmm. in his chest being like a puckered tunnel that he could tell the weather through and how he ties that back to his father. And 
these really beautiful moments inside of it, but the, the changing of the perspective is something that's always bugged me. What he does right is he creates a pattern. So like you get the same perspective beat by beat by beat, chapter by chapter, or sometimes in the middle of the chapter, but you know you're going from one person to the next to the next. He doesn't go A, B, C, C, B, C, C, B, B, A. You know, it's A, B, C, A, B, C, A, B, C. Yeah. Um, maybe I've just never read one that blew me away. I'm not saying there's not one out there that's just like the best yeah. book on earth, but like I, I feel like with that tactic it's a little more effective with certain mediums like i don't like it in books yeah i don't mind it too much in film um i think you can still be heavy-handed with it because it is a trick Mm -hmm. but um like with horror films in particular like you you get those like shots of the you know perspective from the bushes peeking into the window (laughs) or like the camera creeping down the hall behind the mm-hmm. person who's walking down the hall with a flashlight and you get those tiny little perspective shifts you that bounce from victim to killer yeah, yeah and um usually those are used particularly just in moments where they want to build suspense and they're not heavy-handed in the film you know mm-hmm. it'll happen five or six times in the whole movie and for the rest of the time you're with your uh hero character or whatever and like I'm fine with that in horror films. You know, it, it's effective for helping to build suspense. It is a cheesy tactic used in TV shows very often. And if it's not too heavily played, I enjoy it. Like The Walking Dead is like the first example that comes to mind for me. Like there are multiple times throughout the series where the characters get separated and you'll go an entire episode without seeing characters. Like they'll yeah. just drop off and it's like nail-biting until the next episode like oh my god is that character still alive is that character dead and i i don't mind that either if it's not too heavy-handed i do think the walking dead got a little heavy-handed with it sometimes to drag Mm -hmm. out the season and the whole Um, plot kind of got crazy (laughs) yeah but there were like especially at the beginning of um the series like those first several episodes they would like leave you on a cliffhanger with a character, and then the next episode, you wouldn't get to see that character at all. That's right, yeah. And you'd be like, fuck you, Walking Dead, what happened? Like, I need to know. So, like... Like, when Dude got his brain bashed in, like, there was, like, a whole episode before they went, like, right? Was that how that played out? Um, they left him... He, he supposedly like died like at the whole, dumpster, like, and he rolled in the dumpster, and there were several episodes where you thought he was dead. Yeah. And then he came back, and then he later got his brains bashed in. But, yeah. um, yeah, like... Which I, I thought they overplayed that a bit. I was l- a little mad at that one, but there were there were times where it was effective. Like, um, I think when Daryl's brother Merle mm-hmm. dies, like you don't know that Merle has died. Merle just drops off, and then you have that beautiful moment where Daryl finds Merle in zombie form, and it's like you motherfucker. <laughs> so <laughs> I, th- I think if it's not too overplayed it is fairly effective in tv series because it is a good way to build suspense you're like oh yeah. we're gonna shift to this character for a while so you're left wondering about this character but it is again you know where it really trick. worked in tv scrubs i don't know how i tied <laughs> the walking dead to scrubs <laughs> but i was trying to think of a, like a show that had a whole bunch of characters that you could jump seamlessly mm-hmm. you know person to person 
And in Scrubs, in quite a few episodes, it's almost like they're walking down opposite sides of the hallway, and then the camera stops, turns around, and just follows the second person. Like, Cox and JD will be walking, you'll be behind JD. Cox walks by, the camera swoops behind Cox and follows mm-hmm. him back down the same Scrubs hallway. Scrubs is actually, I'm glad you thought of that. Scrubs is actually a way Welcome. better example. Because <laughs> um, I, w- I was going to do an example that wasn't um, in the suspense horror genre, because both you know, Walking Dead and horror films mm-hmm. are kind of, they use that ploy to build suspense. And um, I don't know why it came to mind, but um, I was trying to think of examples in films, and I haven't seen this movie in probably like a decade, but um, the movie The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants was huh. a movie that did that. Um, they had like the three main so girls. like that tire movie where it kills everybody? The pants just no. <laughs> crawl into their vaginas and then climb out their ears? No. No? <laughs> it's a, it's like a, I think a young adult novel as well that got turned into a movie, if I'm not mistaken. I never read the book, but I saw the movie once because people like praised it so yeah. heavily. And I, it's not really my type of genre, so I was kind of like, oh, like they did a good job on it. It's a cutesy film, but yeah. I'm not going to watch it again. Post-AIDS, um, don't go sharing your pants. It's not the movie. No? What are you talking about? I've never about? seen it. I'm just guessing at the plot. Is it, does one of the girls no. get AIDS and spread AIDS? No. It's no. three girls who um, are really like good friends. And I, th- I think if I'm remembering right, again, I haven't seen this in a long time, so I'm probably going to butcher the plot. But um, I think they graduated high school. Okay. And they, they've been like best friends for forever, and they're all three kind of going their separate ways. I think like one's going to college, one's staying in the town that they grew up in, and the other one has a family that's like from a foreign country so she goes to stay with her family for at least just the summer and before they um all split up and go their separate ways they have a girl's you know date day and they go shopping and they find a pair of pants that magically which this makes no sense whatsoever somehow fits all three of them and they all three have completely different body types like they they do not believably have a body that this pair of pants would have fit all three of them and they all have three entirely different styles, so it's not believable either that all three of them yeah. would have liked the same pair of pants. But they all love it. They all think it makes them look great, and so they form this pact. That's what's called the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. That um, to kind of um, like form or seal their camaraderie. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this summer isn't going to break our relationship. They form a pact that throughout the summer they're going to trade off this pair of pants so one gets it first and then after a set amount of time goes by she has to mail it to the next girl and then she gets it for a amount of time and she mails it to the next girl and you travel through their stories as the pants is traveling um and um again not really my type of movie but it is an effective way to individually get an intimate character growth and like character arc with all these characters before you move on to the next one and eventually at the end they all come back together and you you know, kind of see mm-hmm. how they've all three changed as people and how their relationships with each other have changed. So it's an effective bouncing between characters, but Scrubs is a... No, when you spend that amount of time with the characters, because I've, never, again, never seen this. I, I was aware that it was not about a bunch of girls slowly killing themselves with dirty underwear. <laughs> no, it's a underwear. feel-good movie. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think they were going into toxic shock or some shit because they were sharing their pants. Um, but... Um, I would imagine in a space like that, you'd have enough time with each individual character to really build a relationship between the character and the audience. Mm-hmm. And with like the issue um, bouncing back to the Cormier type thing, we'll, we'll continue into film and just pulling it out as an example. Uh, you don't spend more than 
say, 2,000 words with any one character, and then you're moved to the next. So it's hard to get that emotional connection in the written form mm-hmm. um, with that many characters at a time. Yeah. But with Scrubs... It... Well, yeah, I was going to say, that's why I think Scrubs is a good example, too, because with Scrubs, you don't necessarily spend huge clumps like Mm -hmm. jd's the main character so you spend the most time with jd but you don't necessarily spend huge clumps of time with these other characters but they find a way to effectively weave between them so you form a connection with all of them and you care about their hardships and you care about their successes and stuff so no scrubs is actually a much better they do it on a micro level too with a bunch of the episodes like the musical episode where like you dive into these side character plots that are all tied into like the main characters overall concern Mm -hmm. does anybody teach a scrubs class (laughs) because i've seen that show so many times i've seen it more than the office Uh, i think it's a better show than the office and i stand by it Cox. What you wearing? White t-shirt. Funniest lighting. <laughs> fucking TV history. Why you like that one the best? <laughs> I think Cox, Jordan, and Jordan's brother. <laughs> like that arc between those three characters is fucking next the level. most effective use yeah. of all of that. Spoiler alert, uh, the show stopped ten years ago, so I, I don't know why I'm bothering. <laughs> but um, Jordan's brother's dead for like half a season. Before you find out Jordan brother dead. <laughs> their, their relationship too, like uh, Cox and Jordan is interesting too, watching that dramatic change because they hate each other. Yeah. And then they finally get back together and like have their own dysfunctional happy relationship. So you get these little micro moments with all mm-hmm. these like side characters and it's a show that does very effectively pull it off. Do you Can you think of a movie off the top of your head that doesn't pull it off like one that you've watched and you've been like who like maybe Tarantino (laughs) you watch Pulp Fiction and you're like where the fuck did Bruce Willis come from (laughs) thought we were hanging out with the hitmen oh yeah Samuel Jackson is in this movie after you've sat there and dealt with the coked up fucking Marcellus Wallace wife whore I love Pulp Fiction I'm not from a writing perspective it is brilliant it is brilliantly executed but it is another example of shifting perspectives the way he dices it all up kind of keeps it difficult to keep up with but he does it brilliantly See, I don't know because like I, I mean they're not spectacular movies that I'm just like oh my god like I want to like watch that movie ten more times yeah. but like the only ones that, that like immediately come to mind like Lake House um, you get like Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves like at different phases before they finally come together and then The Holiday which those are both kind of yeah. like romance movies and like even the with Notebook that, <laughs> uh, Forrest Gump no Forrest Gump no I, I would argue The Notebook stays with Noah most of the movie but even, like The Holiday is like a movie where you bounce between these series of characters that's right yeah and it's still like it's a cutesy feel good movie. I'm not like I'm not blown away by like the use of like the switching perspectives, but at the same time I'm like I'm not mad at you for it. Mm-hmm. Or like all of those like there was like a period in time where they kept coming out with these seasonal movies where they did like Valentine's Day, New Year's <laughs> Day. And it was the same plot for all of them. Yeah. It was like you got these the mid two thousands were a very confusing <laughs> yeah. time for music, film, <laughs> literature. I, <laughs> I will say 
Yeah, actually, maybe that is my example. There was a period there where... There was a writer's strike. That's what happened. There was a writer's strike. It ruined countless television shows. It fucking created a generation of dog shit films. That's how important your writers are. I don't know if you guys remember that, dear audience, but there was a writer's strike in the mid-2000s that almost crippled Hollywood. They were like, we can't create anything because we're hiring these D students from the university for $150 a script. And it was like, scared, not scary movie, but you'd wind up with like epic movie or love movie. It was like all these scary movie offshoots because yeah. they had the rights to that format. And they were just like, we've got no other movie. We, we're just going to release July movies for like six years. <laughs> yeah, there was like a solid, I'm not particularly mad at any one of them, but there was a solid like two years or so where they yeah. just kept putting out these holiday movies and they were they were all that, that same format. They would have like four or five quirky characters yeah. that were all going through very different phases of their life. And Let then... me guess, he doesn't believe in Santa Claus and then <laughs> Tim Allen has Santa Claus land on his roof. Wow. What but, uh, a fucking turnover. The plot of the film would be central to, or centered around whatever random holiday they picked. It'd be like New Year's Day and that's literally a movie. That's, I'm not making that up. That's not a made up title or plot. There'd be yeah, New Year's it Day. It sounds like a thing that is a work in progress that is not yet finished. And believe it or not, for about a decade there were all just things that were not yet finished. But you'd, it was that format. You'd have like four or five quirky characters going through these very specific yeah. things in their life, but this one holiday magically changed everybody's <laughs> life, and then you'd kind of bounce between them all. Well, you want a good like, like example oh. of it, like that? What's that uh, Wayans Brothers movie that we watched together? Naked. Yeah. Yeah. They were all like that. It's like I got to get married today, <laughs> but without all the cool like screwing around with time type stuff, but. I gotta get married today. Oh, dumb thing happens to me. Oh shit! How oh, dare dumb thing happen to me? Adam Sandler ruled. <laughs> to me, that's just a Groundhog Day knockoff. Yeah, Groundhog Day was a pretty decent movie. No, I just meant like that format mm -hmm. of like today I'm getting married, and it was like you know like Ben Stiller killed that era, but he had original shit in that era. Um, but then you still, still wound up with meet the Fockers, meet the Fockers parents, meet the Fockers step neighbors. This or, has nothing to do with anything, but we still have to watch the secret life of Walter Mitty. I really want to see that. No, movie. no, we definitely have to do that. It's so good. And what was the other one? I don't know. We have a lot. We've gotten behind. We haven't seen the new Halloween. What did I confuse Eternal anything. Sunshine for? Oh, you thought I said Elephant Sunshine? That's not a real movie. The turtle Sunshine. Oh, Turtle Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sober. You made it worse. I'm sober too. We just started no, drinking. No, I'm laughing. I'm making fun of myself. I don't know why I said Elephant. Elephant Sunshine. You sound nothing alike. Turtle. That's not a real movie though. <laughs> but no, it's... It, 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 I think you're right on the money. I think it works really well in horror because you can do it for five second, ten second intervals and then come back to the character everybody's invested in. But there's also a lot in horror where you shift perspective for the purpose of the kill. You get away from your main character. You wind up, remember uh, the Friday the 13th remake? You remember watching that? Mm -hmm. The one where the lady gets beaten against the tree mm -hmm. in a sleeping bag making popcorn uh, <laughs> I thought she got roasted over a fire she did all those things happened <laughs> Jason does not did never fuck around <laughs> um, oh, 
Max lives behind the stereo now. Um, <laughs> but you wind up with those moments where also in that film, there's a while the main couple is having sex in the tent, the one guy breaks off, goes off to go find the weed in the middle of the night, and is like walking around with the glow stick. Mm-hmm. And you can even do like those frivolous perspective breaks in horror and still make them make sense where it's like, I know this guy's going to die because he's not the main character. Cause we established that he doesn't have a family. He's semi cardboard. A, a weird offshoot, but actually I think, um, cartoons too, like do it super effectively. Like I know we were talking about like joking around about, um, fuck, what movie were we watching? A uh, zombie version reminding of, of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Um, like Scooby-Doo is like a, <laughs> A show where the characters always kind of get split up and then you're kind of uh-huh. stuck with that one character. And then, um, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a adult cartoon, but, um, uh, fuck, what's it called? Are you Henty? Venture Brothers? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not that kind of adult. It's like an adult swim cartoon type thing. Um, Venture Brothers. It's dumb. I'm not, or South Park even. I love South um, Park. I'm right there with you on South Park. Just keep coming to South Park references. Venture Brothers is kind of dumb. But Watch it is the first funny. 20 years of those guys. South Park, yeah. That's like another example where you have all these characters and you kind of split off with them yeah. for like little bits at a time. Like you have the true main characters, but you have these little side characters you kind of split off with. And like I think cartoons are another example where it's usually very effectively done because you get like little side shoots with characters for a little bit to kind of like develop their stories. And then you come back to the main whatever's going on in the episode. Or in the dolls. Or in the dolls. Or in the dolls. We have done it ourselves. Oh my god. Look at us. Prestigious goddamn creatives. <laughs> you ever watch the dolls of their audience? You can find it on nightmareboxproductions.com. No. <laughs> the nightmareboxproductions.com. The nightmarebox.blog. The nightmarebox.blog. You can go over there. You buy the Madman Diaries. You can also watch the dolls. <laughs> and in the dolls, we open with the uncle. And the uncle is outside being weird. <laughs> then we follow the girls. We follow the mother. We follow him. Then we follow the mother. Then we follow the girls. We've done perspective change. And two, two different, quote, you can't see me, audience, air quote, two different houses. We filmed all of that. Yes, but we went (laughs) uncle, mom, doll, or uncle, mom, daughter, I'm sorry, Um, into uncle building up to meeting daughter, you know, like, Mm -hmm. no, but still, there's, we're fucking professionals without (laughs) even knowing it. (laughs) Ziggy would be another... Um, you guys can't watch Ziggy because I haven't finished. Ziggy's super secret. I haven't finished Ziggy, but Ziggy would be another example that we can't talk about because uh, I haven't finished Ziggy. <laughs> I am so, Kristen so on like my shit. Kristen is three screenplays behind. Like, <laughs> I promise she's a brilliant filmmaker. We just have not had the time to make the films. I just keep giving her scripts and she just keeps going, okay, we'll shoot one scene and then we'll <laughs> finish the rest true. of them eventually. I've been busy and <laughs> I was working like 60 hours a week before we moved in. Sweetheart, and we moved. I am not judging you at all. And I, I produce our podcast, yeah. so. No, and that's the other thing that we and wanted to podcast. talk about today and the new podcast um, was making the time in the middle of the work day or in the middle of the work week to 
chase the dream instead of going, oh, fuck, man, I'm so tired. Been working all fucking week. I just, like, yeah, I want to die. Or in my case, uh, come home, put Madden on rookie mode, and just fucking <laughs> win 75 to zero. I don't, I don't know if 75 is an attainable score. I, I don't play football. I just, I know that if I hit square nine times out of ten, I can fucking throw for 80 yards and feel good about myself because my dad isn't around to throw the football with me. Oh. <laughs> can't just have a feel-good moment ever. I that was a feel-good moment. No, I, uh, me too. About halfway through it, I decided to turn it around. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was the other thing that I wanted to talk about today is finding those little moments because I've, again, I've got my little moleskin. That's what my little show notes are written down on today because I can carry it in my back pocket because I can't lug my big-ass legal pad around the uh, animal shelter without pissing off my boss. And so I've been writing like, every time I go outside. So I've got a little bit over here. I've got a little bit over there. Uh, that's about it. So I'm, you know, that's about, a new one. You just got it. Yeah, I just got it. I'm three pages in. They're just kind of like broken up thoughts that I can go back to. Um, and I also opened a Scrivener folder last week for the book that I, I'm, I'm slowly chipping my way into. <laughs> um, but I was, I was thinking a lot about people who go, well, I ain't got the time. You know, I don't have the time to to do the writing I, yeah, switch your motherfucking perspective um, <laughs> I you know people are like well I don't have the time to do the thing that I want to do because I work you know 40, 60, 70, 80 90 hours a week and um, there are workarounds for situations like that like I've got my mole skin I smoke cigarettes I assume most people nowadays not out there on the cancer train but <laughs> You know, some of us meant it when we said we wanted to die. <laughs> and um, the nightmare box does not endorse cancer. Fifty percent of the nightmare box thinks about it a lot. <laughs> but uh, so I've got my little moleskin book. When I go outside to have a cigarette, or I've you know. I'm walking from one place to the next and a thing hits me and I got a moment where I can pause for 15 seconds and jot a thing down. I, I jot it down. Um, my lunch break, I've been reading Robert Cormier's book and I've been reading it the past couple, or I guess a day, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I come in, instead of sitting here playing my dumb Madden thingy and waiting on you to come home, I've been doing the reading because that's part of work. Um, or when you come home and we're done eating, once we get a chair, I'm sure we'll get back to watching a lot of movies again. Mm -hmm. And learning how to do those, sorry, reading and watching those film things from a, like a learning angle instead of like a thoughtless activity. Mm -hmm. Like I could get a Dimeback paper novel, which is basically what I have. And... Um, Dime store paperback. I'm falling all over my words. <laughs> Get a dime store paperback novel and just flip the pages and take nothing away from it, mm -hmm. you know. But I, I have a tendency to sit there with a pen and underline things. 
And when we watch film, we tend to pause every 15 minutes and be like, did you see that angle? That was fucking insanity. (laughs) Look at the way they blended the colors. I can't believe this wife and this husband are actually in love when they kiss. You know, like we dissect Mm-hmm. Those types of things. I was so, to say, even this book you're reading right now, though, um, yeah, probably isn't really in the normal vein of things you read. It's a thing you read yeah. as a kid, so even reading it now as an adult, it's still a bit of a reflection, because you're kind of seeing whether or not your opinion on the work has changed since you read it a decade ago. <laughs> <laughs> I probably read this book when I was like 14, I'm 28, so I've got some age on my first uh, my first attempt at Cormier. Yeah, I've been um, on my end, I haven't, uh, other than what I filmed when we were on our way up here, I haven't filmed anything new yet, but um, I've been editing this, I've been drinking white Merlot. Sorry, this is a bit of an aside. I've been drinking white Merlot um, more lately because I'm trying to get on drier white wines. White Zinfandel. Yeah, this white Zin looks like pink lemonade. <laughs> you poured that and I was like, it looks like I'm drinking pink lemonade. Um, but no, I, uh, I've been editing our new podcast that's going to be under the umbrella of our production company that we will not be on. The Art of War Gaming. <laughs> With Yagamalark and Oni. <laughs> and Oni, get a name. I um, need to know your last name, Oni. <laughs> I don't know. Oni sounds like a name that could just stand by yeah. itself, though. Um, but yeah, it's not... I don't know. It may be available as this podcast is up and you're listening to this, but it's not currently up because uh, I've been taking my time Had to edit it. the time of your life. <laughs> But I've been all these fucking podcasts. It's a lot of work. I know. I'm not taking it. Anymore. I'm not taking any of it away from you. But um, I've been editing that, and I was working on it earlier today, and that was kind of a weird feeling because you are, in this first episode, still kind of in the background of it, but you're not like on it, on it. And um, it's the first podcast I've edited that neither of us was on. I told you it felt kind of strange, like editing yeah. the one that just you and Nick were on. I'm on there to like be the producer and just make <laughs> sure the conversation keeps flowing. <laughs> just the exact opposite of what I do on our show. Yeah, I do. <laughs> derail everything on this one. Um, but it's the first one that I've edited, period, that neither of us have really been on. Like you're, like I said, kind of in the background, but... Um, that was kind of a weird feeling because, like, I had a moment earlier today when I was working on it where, speaking of perspe- perspective, I'm stumbling over my words now, shifts, um, like, with our podcast, like, I'm kind of, uh, I guess when I'm editing it, viewing it from a different perspective, like, if I'm on the episode, I know what we talked about because yeah. I was physically there, so I don't necessarily have to, like, tune into the conversation the whole time. I'm, like, checking the levels and if we have an awkward moment or I say something stupid or you say something stupid or I think my voice sounds shrill. I'm like, Oh God, fix that. You know? (laughs) But, um, like on this podcast, I wasn't like in the room at all. I have no idea what the podcast is about. You weren't in the state yet. (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't even in the state. So, um, for one, I have to actually listen to it to kind of be like, what the fuck are they talking about? And then for two, um, since you're not even really on it, like, I, I was, like, in a weird, like, more, like, producer 
esque mm-hmm. mood today versus like, oh, this is the podcast that I'm on and that I host and that I do. I was like, I'm editing somebody's podcast, guys. You're blowing out my levels. What the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Making me fix this shit for you? And like, well, you need to give me some notes. <laughs> well, no, I don't. I, mean, I don't. I don't necessarily mean like it was all bad. Yeah, it no, was just no, more... no, no. Good notes, bad notes. Something to go back from a pers- from a producer's mm-hmm. perspective. Um, that I can give them because we're their overlords and they need to respect us. <laughs> <laughs> love, love you, brother. <laughs> Gotta pay tribute. <laughs> um, no, it was just a weird feeling because it was like this isn't either of. I mean, it's our production company's podcast, but it's not either of our literal podcasts. So I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Like I'm editing. For one of my clients, yeah. almost is how it felt, and I was like, "Oh, I'm like a producer today." Goddamn CEO is fuck. <laughs> this is a weird feeling. Oh, but you found the time to do it, you know. Um, I always find the time to do it. I'm the exactly. procrastination princess. <laughs> it might be late, but it gets done. Gets done. You did it yesterday while you were cooking dinner, and I felt like such a lazy piece of shit. I was like, "Is there anything I can do?" And you were like, "I've got it." You had a long day at work. I was not hostile with you. I was like, "No, I'm all right. I'm just waiting on the timer so I can pop the thing in." Because it was all like, "We, I have a a stuffed chicken recipe that you literally put it together and then stick it in the oven." And then after you eat it, you might as well immediately shoot yourself because it's the greatest thing that's ever going to happen in your fucking life when you eat this goddamn thing. It's one of the layers to the crimson candelabra. She is one fuck of a cook when it comes to stuffed chicken. Korean beef bowls, too. Ooh, we're doing that tonight. I forgot we haven't had dinner yet. I'm excited about that. Now I'm forgetting we haven't eaten yet. (laughs) But no, it's like a recipe where you like, once you fix it, you pop it in the oven for like 40 minutes and it's like a... Those cheesy old commercials from back in the day, <laughs> set it and forget it, yeah. when they would sell the rotisserie chicken things or whatever. But you were cooking dinner and editing a podcast <laughs> at the same time, which is what I'm trying to like more or less get mm-hmm. to, is that like we, we've had a lot of issues because of everything that's going on, and I'm such a go, 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 like I haven't... Un- unpacked the boxes <laughs> and I still feel like, like I, I feel like I've lulled you know a little bit and getting the mole skin out and being able to get the little bit of writing done that I am able to get done right now until mm-hmm. I can get the full amount of time that you know I need or the time that you need for the shooting of films or editing of the podcasts which I need to learn how to do so I can take half the weight away um Like, the, the time is available. Like, we... I don't want to, like, kick people in the cunt and call them lazy. Like, that's not, like, a thing that I want to get around to. Um, but if you've got a thing that you're trying to get done, shift your perspective. Find your little moments. You're not going to be able... You won't have three or four hours that you can work on your craft. That won't exist right away. Find the 15 minutes. There's 15 minutes of your day you're wasting somewhere. Find it. (laughs) Fill it. Don't drive yourself insane. You know, don't take away from that moment of relaxation that you need or your cigarette on the patio or whatever. But for example, in my case, I get off work at 4. I'm able to get home by 4.15. I can spend 4.15 to 5.15 when you get home. 
um, playing my dumb Madden game, or I can read a book, or I can write a story. There's a whole hour there, but I'm not doing anything outside of taking a shower. So I get in, let the dog out, get the dog taken care of, clean up around here, sit down and read. You can find that little gap of time. Yeah, I mean, I think the... Like, if we're being sincere, the truth of the matter is... um, you know, most of us don't have tons of money just laying around. Oh, we are broke as fuck. Oh, I don't, I don't mean you and I specifically. <laughs> I mean, us as a collective, I'm assuming most of our audience aren't multimillionaires with money just stashed in their pillowcases. You know, um, most of us as a collective uh, have to work 40 hours a week mm-hmm. or more. I was working 60 hours a week before... We moved here, and I was very fortunate to find a job that pays a lot more. (laughs) We were working about 110 hours a week between the two of Mm -hmm. us just to stay afloat, which is fucking insanity. And that wasn't, we have a bunch of play money on the side that was, this is what we have to have to survive. And um, This covers rent, bills, (laughs) beer, and cigarettes. (laughs) Food, Food we eat, too. Um, I I count that into bills. (laughs) And... uh, I was Brett unfortunately took a bit of a pay cut so Brett's been having to work a little more lately um, especially while I've been kind of unloading trucks like a Springsteen (laughs) song son especially (laughs) while I've been getting back into working regularly because they they didn't give me uh, a full work shift whenever I first started and now that I am working regularly hopefully that's not a burden you have to take on anymore but um greatly appreciated (laughs) <laughs> Krista makes more money than me. Krista can handle this whole operation by herself. I could, but I would starve to death. I took a pay cut. Yeah, Brad. <laughs> to get which, us here. These <laughs> were like we 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 planned initially. Yeah. You know, these were landing. mistakes that were made. <laughs> these were landing jobs. Neither of us are working jobs that we want to be working. You know, even a year from now. But um, yeah. Um. Sorry, swallowed my wine and tried to breathe at the same time. A zin's got a bite to it. <laughs> it does a little zin, bit. Zin, zin, zin. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, Brett took a bit of a pay cut, so Brett's had a little bit more on his plate lately. Um, but I, I was very fortunate to get a significant pay bump. And, um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I'm not having to work as much or won't be having to work as much, but I, I get that for most people, you have to work 40 hours a week or more. Like I said, I was working 60 hours a week before we moved, and it doesn't feel like the time is there. And um, even when I was working 60 hours a week, I was still editing our podcast at work when I had time to edit yeah. our podcast at work. And I think the key... And it's going to sound a little harsh, I guess, um, is finding in yourself what matters most to you. Like, I had a lot of days before we moved up here, especially where I was like, I'm tired. I just want to rest. Like, I don't want to do this. Um, You know, it'd just be nice to have just a a day to breathe. (laughs) Jax agrees. Uh, or a day to myself and I was like I don't have that option if I don't get this done it's yeah. not going to get done and um, if you have 
a dream or a, a passion that you're legitimately sincere about, the fact of the matter is you're not going to have, like, a lot of time to yourself. You're not yeah. going to have a relaxing moment every day of your week. But if Or you... ever if you're dating a bipolar person <laughs> who also <laughs> writes. <laughs> well, we, we would have... Um, that was a, a plus um, before I got to please what's wrong dude <laughs> He's hearing she's the not beating outside. you like she did two episodes uh. ago um, that was a plus before I got to pick my days off so we would have yeah. like a day together or whatever but um, you know I didn't get a lot of relaxing moments and that was a choice that I made for myself so um you know, I get if you have, like, kids or if you have a family or whatever, that's a bit different. You kind of have to prioritize taking care of your children, so that's a little more difficult to maneuver around. But, but the time's um, still there. Yeah, like, you get up a little bit earlier, you go to bed a little bit later after your kids are asleep or whatever. But, like, if you have a, a thing that you really want to do and you're really sincere about, it's not going to happen for you. Yeah. Not making the time for it, just leaves you in your current position indefinitely yeah so i mean you have to if it's five minutes here ten minutes there you have to make the time for it yourself and it adds up it may initially in the beginning sacrifice some of your downtime your video game time your sleep time or whatever but um what matters more yeah, and that's the, the fact of the matter. Like, what do you care more about? Do you want to work the 9-to-5 job the rest of your life? Do you hope to find freedom from that? Are you, are you content with your current status? Do you want more? So, I, if you make the time and you put in continual work, even if it's in small increments, yeah. there is a payoff there. <laughs> and I think most of us are working jobs that we could sacrifice relatively easily if we would be willing to find jobs more compatible with our lifestyles. We just moved across the country. Um, you were working 60 hours a week, were being the uh, main word. <laughs> <In that. laughs> I was a little lucky with my find, though, so I, yeah. don't, I don't expect that to be... Well, I'm not... I'm not I, no, I'm not trying to slap anybody down who can't figure it out. Like, we were people who couldn't figure it out. We figured it out. We got there. But it's that important step of we moved out here with the promise of one job that paid $11 an hour. <laughs> and then we sorted it from that point forward. And if you're listening to this and you're stuck at a job you can't fucking stand. I'm not saying slap your boss in the face, walk out today. Find the time while you're working there to work on what you want to work on. Um, I've never had a job where I was go, go, go the entire time I was at that job. There's always that point where you're like, well, fuck it, I can kill this 10 minutes talking <laughs> to Becky or whatever. Like, Find your priority and fucking unlock your life. Don't <laughs> sit around bitching that you don't have the time 
the way you used to. None of us have the time the way that we used to. And I'm not a multimillionaire. You're not a multimillionaire. I didn't inherit a shitload of money anywhere I, down the fucking road. I currently have one single dollar in my bank account. Yeah. To put that in perspective. We're sitting, <laughs> which means we're sitting at about $250 between the two of us right uh, now. Yeah. We just moved across the country, and Brett has yeah. solely been and carrying the weight. And rent is due next week. So, <laughs> like, don't have this illusion where we're talking to you from some high pedestal. Imagine that we are drinking cheap wine on your couch, because that's what we do here. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you can find those minutes to chase the dream. And I promise you, if you find those minutes to chase the dream... The rest of your life is going to be so much more improved. Like you can't keep doing the grind without some semblance of hope on the fucking horizon. And that's not a a pipe dream thing to say. Like you could be... If you want to be a lawyer, you can find time to take online classes. Like if you want to be a painter you can find moments to do sketches throughout your day until sunday when you've got an hour to paint well yeah because i was gonna say it's not like a you have a dream and you just hope it happens to you type of thing um like if you're you have a passion that you're not particularly great at like i'll be the first person to say that i don't think i'm a phenomenal filmmaker i think you're a phenomenal filmmaker so i'll I'll, (laughs) Thank you. But case no, I, one, case two, I evened us out. <laughs> Thank you. No, I would, I would say I'm um, not novice, but whatever the next notch up is Pro from novice. No. <laughs> um, but the the point is, if you have a passion that you're just kind of meh at, if you, if you put in those little moments every day for however long... You know, it's not a pipe dream to think, like, eventually I'll be successful if you keep putting in... The time and effort to improve you're going to improve over time well, and... i think it's the if that fucks people up where it's like you have to get it in your head that you will be successful like that becomes the only option you know i i mean even if that's not the mindset that you have you don't necessarily have to be like oh i will be really successful at this one day like your mindset could just be if i keep going and i keep trying Tomorrow I'm going to be better than I was yesterday, oh, and the next success. day I'm going to be better. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, generally, with skill there does come success, but if, if you don't have the mindset where you can wrap your mind around that you could make a career out of it, like, if you just keep putting in the work, it is a fact that you will get better at yeah. it. So, like, if your focus is just, I'm going to improve my skill set, like, you're going to reap benefits from that. <laughs> But if I want to run a mile and a half in X amount of minutes, and then I never take the, you know, extra minutes to like try to build up your endurance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've got a lunch break. I get thirty whole minutes. I could be doing wind sprints in the parking lot right now. <laughs> <laughs> Running from parking space to parking space. Like they're, they're, they're just small increment. It's our big thing that we always talk about. Those small incremental steps. You have to get them done. You, you can't sit there with... I mean, I'm not asking you to go out and paint the fucking Mona Lisa. I'm not asking you to go shoot the next Shining. You're not asking me to go write the next Shining. 
but fucking write something or film something or edit something or fucking wind sprint try getting your heart rate up running up the stairs instead of taking the fucking elevator like I, I don't know what your guys' goals are. I hardly know what my own goals are. <laughs> I <laughs> I look out at the mountain and I go, Me well, too. that was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> You're already restless again. Here I am, you know. Um, I haven't even been here for a month yet and Brett's already restless. He's like, well, what's the next well, thing? Well, bo- that's what I was saying. The boxes are not unpacked. I have two novels I'm trying to write. <laughs> one I'm trying to edit and we're doing this twice a week and then we've you know, sucked in this third that we're doing. The time's there. We figured out how to run this fucking thing without you guys having to miss a fucking episode while we moved across the country. Do you, uh, you don't think we can find the time? You didn't get your two a week, but we didn't miss an entire week, I don't think. <laughs> I was going to start delivering dispatches from the hotel rooms, but we couldn't find the microphone. I think I actually, I accused you. I didn't accuse you, but I asked you if you accidentally packed it up. I think I packed it up, and I'm pretty sure it's in that (laughs) camera box that's in the closet. Because I thought about it, and I was like, oh shit, did I pack that up? (laughs) So that was my bad. (laughs) Shift your perspective. I guess that's all I've really got to say. Do I have an, a third show note? Um, I do. Ooh. I was listening to Hardcore History today. Old episodes. I've been wrapped up learning about World War One. If you've not gone and listened to those, like, 36 hours of lecture, you should go back and, and <laughs> listen to them because they're fucking brilliant. Um, he brought up a thing that I didn't consider in one of his episodes, I think it was like part four, part five, where he talks about uh, Tolkien, who Uh-oh. I famously am no fan of, Uh-oh. Uh, being a veteran of World War One, mm-hmm. which I didn't know about. I thought he wrote in the 1800s. I had no fucking idea <laughs> when Tolkien was alive. I did know that. Let alone where his experiences came from. And he's explaining the Battle of Verdun, which Tolkien was not at. Tolkien was at battles, but he wasn't at Verdun. Um, And he starts talking about the battlefield of Verdun. He said the closest thing that anybody could compare it to is the Battle of Mordor. (laughs) Yeah, he used his experiences. And so he wondered if he used his experiences from World War I to create the Mordor Mount Doom or whatever the fuck it is, what unoriginal name Tolkien finally decided, like he came up with Frodo and all that other shit and he couldn't come up with anything better than Mount Doom, but (laughs) he was explaining it as uh, (coughs) being (coughs) eerily. Don't die on me, I haven't had dinner yet. He explained it as being like eerily similar to these trenches and shit that were going on at the time and I was thinking about um, like how you use like horrific experiences to um, paint your own picture but that sounds like a really heavy topic to leave out from so just go check out Hardcore History (laughs) let's plug a different podcast at the end of this shit (laughs) but uh, I don't know I've got no fancy way of end cap in this shit. I, I had three notes in a moleskin journal. I, 
I'm ready for plugs. You got final notes? Uh, no, I just I think um, on a personal level, because we were talking about shifting perspective all day, um, it's not healthy to be a uh, stagnant person no. in life. So um, Ripple, motherfucker. <laughs> Ripple like the water. Yeah, um, involve yourself in things, you know, do things, chase your dreams, you know, put in the work that you have to put in, whether it's your nine to five to survive or your passion to escape your nine to five. Um, but don't be satisfied living your whole life as just this one person because I'm. It, if we're lucky, you know, each of us gets 70, 80 years, and that's a long-ass time to not try to evolve. <laughs> I thought you were doing slam poetry there for a minute. So, <laughs> so change your perspective, you change your, your world. Nine to five, just try to survive, and thus <laughs> get rid of your nine to five, and thus it's not Thrive. about survival. It's not. It's it's about thriving. Like, who wants to spend their life just surviving? <sighs> Fire. We leave it at that. You guys can uh, hit us up on the Twitter. At Nightmare Box Pro. Or over there on the Instagram and look at all the pictures of the Crimson Candelabra. <laughs> uh, me, the... I've never done heroin, but I feel like I have a heroin look. You do not. (laughs) Uh, That's at Nightmare Box Productions. Or you can shoot us an email. Tell us what you thought about today's episode, especially if you're from India. I'm still reaching out to you, India guy. (laughs) Don't pretend like you're not listening to these. I keep seeing you pop up. (laughs) That's uh, Nightmare Box Productions at Gmail. You can sneak on over to the website. And buy a copy of the Madman Diaries and also catch a look at the dolls, which Kristen directed. Uh, that's the Nightmare Box Stop blog. Or you can go directly to Kristen's YouTube page and you can see all the wonderful things she's doing over there at youtube.com slash Kristen Pennington. Yay, you got Finally it. Finally got it right. <laughs> Did we miss any? I don't think so. Don't Facebook. You find us over on Facebook, being our random selves at <laughs> facebook.com slash nightmareboxproductions. And you can catch us here next week on Mistakes Were Made. Share it with your friends. Write a review if you want to. I, I'm not going to pressure you or beat you up about hit it. Hit that five star. Hit the five star. At the very least, hit the subscribe. That's <laughs> what we want. We, we need an army. And with, uh, I hear through God all things are powerful, but he got <laughs> killed by the Jews. It's <laughs> oh. a joke. That's a joke. He got killed by Pontius Pilate. Oh. Uh, <laughs> You're terrible. I love you. I love you. I love you guys. I will talk to you next week.